from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. So apologies for missing yesterday's show. I had a short-term illness, but thankfully feeling better now and ready to go here on Tuesday. So coming up on today's show, I do want to talk about the four games that have transpired in spring since the last time we spoke. The spring is more than halfway over now. We're just over two weeks away from the start of the regular season. It's definitely time to start thinking a little more seriously about how the roster is going to take shape. And quite honestly, it's still very difficult to say, even though they made that round of cuts on Friday. There are still several spots that are wide open, but I think if we look at what's happening in the games, there's definitely some clues we can take away from those results. So we're just going to kind of run through the games and talk about the, the key notes there and see if that gives us any clues about how the roster is going to look on March 26th when the season gets underway in Los Angeles. So Jalen Davis is someone we are following very closely here. And on Friday, he just had another difficult game where he went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, subbing in for Mike Yastrzemski, who started the game. Now, I think a direct comparison starts to be Darren Ruff, who we talked about on Friday before he went on this tear that he has been on over the weekend. But, you know, Darren Ruff kind of sort of meets that same fits that same mold as Jalen Davis as a right-handed hitting outfielder, potentially. I mean, Darren Ruff, it may be a stretch to call him an outfielder. He could be more of a first baseman. But I think they think, and I could look closer if if this gets a little more serious, but I think the defense may be passable in the outfield, but certainly not plus defense. But anyway, it could be that those two are in direct competition, and it's become increasingly relevant because of Jalen Davis's struggles and the fact that Darren Ruff has been on an absolute tear here, especially with extra base power. So we'll talk more about Ruff as we move on to future games. But also in this game, Joe McCarthy, who was not cut on Friday, he was acquired from Tampa Bay in a minor trade at the trading deadline in 2019. He's a left-handed hitting corner outfielder who in the minor leagues has just shown incredible plate discipline, leading to on-base percentages well north of 400 in 2017 and 2018. But he's been dealing with injuries since 2018. Last year, uh, he had a pretty bad year, but he was hurt most of the year. I actually saw him play in Sacramento, and he looked completely lost at the plate. So it was interesting to watch him play on Friday. This was a televised game through the Brewers' feed. And McCarthy's swings looked good. He drew a walk in his first plate appearance, and then he hit a home run in his second plate appearance. And I hadn't seen that side of Joe McCarthy, but he's an interesting name to watch, like someone who's probably ahead of a guy like Chris Shaw on the depth chart here, even though we pay more attention to Shaw than we do to McCarthy. I think McCarthy is definitely someone to watch in this organization. 
probably not someone who's going to be out there on opening day, but but you you never know actually. Because if someone like Darren Ruff is going to play in a platoon role in the outfield, you may need a left-handed hitter to complement him in that platoon type role. And I don't think you're going to platoon Mike Yastrzemski. I think they're more inclined to have him play every day. So you could have like a Dickerson Pence in left, Yastrzemski Dubon in center with Dubon being like the backup center fielder, so to speak. And you could have like McCarthy and Ruff in right. Now, I don't I don't know that you want Darren Ruff patrolling right field at Oracle Park. So that's just one of a million different possibilities. As I said that out loud, I, I'm inclined to think that someone like Billy Hamilton is going to make the roster, in which case throw that whole thing I just said out the window. That's what I'm talking about when I say it's it's hard to make to draw any conclusions yet about what this roster is going to look like. So also in this game, Mauricio Dubon started at third base where they said they want to get more reps for him. We also had had quotes from Gabe Kapler about how he's basically sold on Dubon in center field and that he's someone who can and probably will play center and play short for the Giants this season. So, I mean, at times, not like exclusively, but they say he looks natural in center. I haven't seen him out there much this spring, but... That's what the manager said, and that's the most important thing. Backup catcher is a spot that's not really been established yet either. Tyler Heineman struggled in this game on Friday. We'll talk more about that in the upcoming games. Donovan Solano just continued to hit. All he's done is hit since he came over to the Giants. On the pitching side, I think the most notable development from this game was that it was another strong start from Kevin Gosman. Three innings, two hits, one run. One strikeout, no walks. Moving on to Saturday, this was all about Trevor Cahill. Cahill went three perfect innings and struck out five in this start. And he's someone we certainly have mentioned on the show, but he hasn't gotten a ton of attention as a possible, not only roster spot on opening day for the Giants, but also he's a potential fit in the starting rotation to begin the year. Early on, we were talking about Tyson Ross kind of filling out that veteran rotation but Trevor Cahill is very much another possibility and as we've also said numerous times traditional roles may not be in play here for guys like Trevor Cahill we could have Trevor Cahill and Tyson Ross on that fifth day go three innings apiece that could be the plan or you could have both of them in the rotation to have a six-man rotation or it could be Cahill and somebody else or any other combination of two starting pitchers or they go with an opener And then go to Cahill. I mean, it's so hard to predict here. But the fact that Cahill has thrown the ball extremely well this spring uh, makes his chances of making the roster much greater than they were maybe entering camp. Jerry Blevins really struggled, gave up four earned runs on four hits in just a third of an inning in this game. He would go on to struggle in either on Sunday or on Monday, which we'll get to in a minute as well. So Blevins, not showing well so far in spring. Zach Green, quietly, having a really strong spring training. He had another home run. Joey Bart hit a home run, and Darren Ruff hit two home runs in this game. So yeah, I guess the big stories were Cahill and probably Darren Ruff and and Zach Green. So anyway, coming up in the second half of the show, we'll just continue to run through the roster calculus here and look at the performances on Sunday and Monday and see if we can gain a little more insight into who might be on the opening day roster when it comes to these 
spots that are wide open and up for grabs. So that's all coming up next, but first... Okay, here in the second half of the show, I just want to continue to run through these box scores and see if we can figure anything out about who's kind of leading these competitions in spring. So on Sunday, we had a strong performance by Hunter Pence. He hit a home run and a double in this game. But also in this game, we had three doubles in three at-bats by Darren Ruff. So Ruff has just been extremely impressive You know, in his major league career against left-handed pitching, he's been an absolute monster, like a 150 weighted runs created plus, just ridiculous slugging numbers, but much worse against right-handed pitching. But what makes it a little tricky is that he then went to Korea where he played for three seasons. And so, you know, there may have been changes to his approach at the plate and his ability to handle right-handed pitching differently. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be better against right-handed pitching, but he may have changed some things. We don't have as good of data as we would have if he had spent the last three years in the major leagues. I, I mean, the data is just not directly correlated between Korea and the majors. It's a little more of a difficult calculation. But I believe when the Giants signed Ruff, I went and looked at his splits in Korea and that they were actually not so bad. Like he handled righties pretty well as well as lefties. I'll have to confirm that, especially if, you know, he does end up making the roster. But he's definitely someone to start thinking a little more seriously about. Austin Slater, we haven't mentioned him a lot this spring. He went 0 for 3 with 3 Ks on Sunday, you know, not particularly showing well in spring thus far. Yolmer Sanchez continued to struggle offensively, but he's been very much a bright spot defensively for the Giants in spring. Jalen Davis got off the schneid a little bit and went one for three with a home run in this game, although he did strike out again. He's just been a strikeout machine thus far, and he does have multiple minor league options remaining. So unless he can really turn it around, I just have a hard time seeing Jalen Davis making the opening day roster, given how much he struggled with strikeouts thus far in spring against, you know, worse competition than he would face on a consistent basis in the major leagues. So I think it's starting to look like it makes sense to just option Jalen Davis to AAA Sacramento and have him continue to work on the swing changes that he's made in a lower pressure environment. So that seems to me to be the most likely case for Davis at this point, which definitely shakes up the outfield competition. Sean Anderson gave up a home run in two innings of work. His spring numbers have been disastrous. Uh, We don't want to read too much into it, but... It has not been a good spring for Anderson. So finally on Monday, ho-hum Darren Ruff hits a triple in two at-bats. Alex Dickerson had a nice game, hit a home run. Joe McCarthy 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Billy Hamilton, I want to get to him, didn't particularly perform well at the plate on Monday, but I, I just am, it's starting to seem to me, given quotes we're hearing from Kapler and others, that Hamilton definitely has a strong chance of making this roster. And it makes sense. I mean, he doesn't need to hit at all, and he's been a quality player in the major leagues for a long time. And they don't necessarily have that in someone like Jalen Davis right now. So if Davis needs more seasoning in the minors, Hamilton could potentially just slide into the center field mix and moving Yastrzemski to right. Steven Duggar had a hit and a walk. 
but overall has not particularly fared well at the plate in spring. Although, I mean, he's another guy who's working on swing adjustments and perhaps could use a little more seasoning with those new mechanics in AAA to open the year at least. Zach Green went one for one with a home run and two walks in his three plate appearances on Monday. So he is just he may he may be the most impressive hitter for the Giants. He and Ruff have just been absolutely tearing it up in Scottsdale. And I, I've been impressed if you watch Zach Green at the plate. He's impressive to watch. He looks like a real offensive threat when he steps into the box. So I don't know real, where he really fits defensively. They may try to move him around outside of third base where he's blocked by the incumbent Evan Longoria. Although I was just looking at the Giants payroll situation and I don't know that Evan Longoria is going to survive the duration of this deal in San Francisco where he has three more years in the high teens in terms of salary. Although the Rays are paying some of it. It's still watching Longoria run. I saw him score on that Hunter Pence double on Sunday and he's he's not moving particularly well and it's only March 10th. So I'm just skeptical about whether Longoria is going to be able to outlast that contract. And someone like Zach Green, you know, as a fallback option at third base, if they ever did decide to go younger and to give an opportunity to somebody else, he's he's certainly a guy to watch. And if he moves around at other positions, then that becomes even more of a case for Zach Green. But just watching his at-bats, he's really been impressive to me. On the pitching side yesterday, Trevor Oaks just had a really strong start, and he has put himself into the conversation for someone who's competing for a roster spot and potentially that fifth starter spot. He went three innings, got three strikeouts, two hits, no runs, no walks. Jerry Blevins, another poor outing, a third of an inning, three hits, two runs, and a walk. Tyson Ross, not a very good outing for him, and Andrew Triggs kind of struggled in his for the first time this spring, two-thirds of an inning, four hits, six runs, only two earned, a strikeout, and he did allow a home run. So Triggs had been very impressive, but this was the first time he was not. So, man, it is still pretty wide open. We will take a more concrete guess at the 26-man roster, maybe tomorrow, trying to give our best guess as to what it will be. But it's just going to be fascinating to continue to follow this Giants team as we head towards opening day, a little over two weeks away. And it's still possible we could see like a late frenzy frenzy like we saw last year with guys who are getting cut from other teams potentially being better fits for the Giants. Like, I'm not convinced that their backup catcher is currently in camp, for example. And you never know who else is going to become expendable for another team, and the Giants may have players that other teams covet. Like all the pitching depth, other teams might be interested in that, and you could see trades go down. Anyway, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Giants. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Remember, to get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Kaspic. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow, and until then, we'll see you next time. 